G'day, hobbyists. It is AOS Coach here, and we are talking all things Courage and Overlords. We are here with Ken Cron himself, the pirate of the sky, the man who you almost went six and oh at CanCon almost. You almost top tabled ah. CanCon when when KO was at its worst. And still playing them uh in in, in the current meta, yeah. Uh I'll I will always love uh steampunk airships. I think you've actually been on my show every season. You've gone season one Courage and Overlords, uh, second edition Courage and Overlords, and now we're here third edition Courage and Overlords. You are committed to the skies, but uh, Alex or Alexander Cancron, I'm calling you Cancron because you are the man of Cancon, um, has been playing Courage and Overlords for so long now you're you know one of many of the um the Aethercast um podcast which is uh, a carriage and overlords podcast and more importantly just an excellent overall player who uh, always is doing very well in the competitive scene with ko so i thought if anyone could help me understand how carriage and overlords has come up, come out of third edition and how are you thinking about the build right now i couldn't think of a better person so this is our discussion. Let's learn how I, I want to learn how KO works because for me, I imagine my my first interpretation of Carriage and Overlords is that you might have lost more than other people have gained. You know, the board has changed, some of the re-rolls have disappeared. Um, some of the rules have kind of come about. But how have you generally found Carriage and Overlords in this first two months? Um I so I mean, I think the one of the really big changes is the, the this universal plus one save uh, has really impacted armies that really like that rend one. So it it's uh, carried on overlords have pretty much across the board have rend one guns, mm. um, which really powerful in second edition, a lot less impactful in third edition. So I'm really feeling like we're moving out of that. That initial that alpha strike meta that was dominating second edition, and more into a a very control based meta. Um, so a, a lot of KO possibly doesn't hit as hard as it used to, but there's uh, so much that they can do with with maneuvering and with uh, uh, abilities that uh, that affect opponents' movement and can uh, box. Uh, you can really box um, armies in. Um, that that still give them a lot of play in in third edition. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I first look at third edition, especially now, which is the battle pack, which is focused on Gur, right? You have no monsters. You don't really have any wizards to focus on for metamorphosis. The battle ah. tactics are giving you bonus victory points for having monsters, and. Like just general, and even like just the board size of so being able to fly high and find pots of the board. I imagine it's it's a lot of like just negatives against KO. Are you feeling that, or do you think there's other opportunities or other things that you're building around? Um, I mean, I, I have, having no monsters is really a, a blessing and a curse. I feel so. Yeah, yes, you can't you can't get the extra points for for having monsters and um. Uh, there's one of the battle tactics that's uh, sitting a monster on objective that you just can't do. But um, 
it also means your opponent can't get extra points for for killing monsters uh, killing monsters on, on your side so you're already denying them that um and i think there's again there's another battle tactic that is kill an enemy monster yeah um which again so the ko player is losing out on being able to do a battle tactic and your opponent's losing out and being able to do a battle tactic um smaller board uh you definitely notice that there's less space, less space to move and and to put your ships. But it also um, it's harder for the enemy to screen out your shooting as a character overlord. So there's uh, the deployment zones are a lot um, in a lot of missions a lot shallower, which means yeah. even if you you have a screen at the front of the at the front of your deployment zone and your big monster all the way at the back. There's not actually enough space there to stop a boat from being uh, moving within three inches of your front screen and then unloading everything it's got into that back monster, screen or no screen. And by the way, I'm not trying to be all negative about KO. I just like, for me initially, when I was looking at some of the things, I'm like, oh, these don't seem very positive. But then I think about other things, right? You know, you've got um, Unleash Hell. So you've got a whole bunch of options to unleash hell to your opponent, and you've got a lot of shooting options. It's 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 pretty nice. Uh, some there are some KO units get better when there's an enemy within three inches. So the unleash hell on thunderers, for instance, you have a big block of thunderers. Someone charges them, they can unle they unleash hell, and they get plus one to all their shots as well. So it it actually ups the firepower. I imagine that also might even make you think about different loadouts with your people as well, especially things like having more volley guns be able to do a lot of damage or, I don't know, like I, I guess f what I'm hearing is it's actually not as bad as some people might have expected for KO. Yeah, so I, I mean, yes, we've definitely gotten hit with some negatives, but I think overall KO are still in a really good spot. It's just a different spot uh, that we're, that we're, than what we're used to. Hmm. No, and, 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 and we were talking offline before that. Um, it's actually good. You know, you have been playing KO since, like, ever, ever since I've known you, which is right at the start of, 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 um, of KO. You've always played it, right? And I remember even talking to you very early on, you were saying that I think initially KO played like Tau, then it moved to a, a Dark Elder style. And the way that, you know, back in the day, it was all about having all big, um, all the balloons, all the balloon boys having your um, Endron riggers and things like that. But yeah, it was just it kind of gun lines and, of Arcanauts. Yeah, and even like towards the end of the second edition, it was then all about things like having lots of ironclads. So, you know, the, the, the meta evolving has always been a positive thing and it means that you get to play with new toys. Unfortunately, it's been how many years now that Brock is still not any good. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> oh. Brock. He's still, I, I don't, he's just not good. He's just not worth the points. Like at this point, you t if you get Brock, he's, he's, got, he's cool. He's got, he's got a beard. He's got, he's a got mustache guns. He's got a top hat. Like he's amazing. But uh, when, when like we this, get this giant mecha suit, look, we've got, to a balloon. we've got Marathi in the meta. We've got Archeon. We've got Nagash. When is it age of Brock? I think when is it age of Brock? One day, one day when, I, I don't know what he needs. He needs something. He's, he's just, he's, he's, he needs more punch or he needs more defense. He, just, he needs something. 
maybe maybe strikes terror on the beard. But um, but what have you found going from second edition to third edition? Has you know you've already talked a little bit about how some of your list uh, lists are kind of evolving. Like, what are some of the big things that you've learnt from jumping editions? Um, well, definitely. So uh, the 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 initial the, the, the tactics of second edition, which is you know you you take twenty thunders, you put them in a boat, you jump the boat forward, and you just unload kill half the enemy army um definitely that specific build does not work because first of all thunderers can't be uh, 20 man units you can still you can still take two units of 10 thunderers but then you're the efficiency of these buffs you're only actually getting one of the units to plus one to hit and to wound it, it does not put out as much firepower as it as, as it used to do. Yeah. And by the way, for people who don't know why that, that is, um, that is coming through the reinforcement rule. So um, a, a, pers- a, a player can only reinforce a unit or the units in their army up to four times at the moment in 2000 points. So um, how many, how many, are yeah. Five five men. Uh, they start at, they start at five man, and then yeah. um, they can they're not battle line natively. Yeah. Okay. The only way to uh, one of the sub factions, uh, Barak Nah, will make them battle line, but I think uh, that unfortunately that's also pretty much the only good thing about Barak Nah is the ability to make Thunderers battle line because mm. that gets them up to fifteen now. Um. Oh, but uh, the I, it's it's. It's the wild west out there. Like people are coming up with so many different opinions. It, I, I love this this period in time right now where we just can. So much is being thrown at the wall, and we're trying so many different things, and it's just figuring out what works and what doesn't. Like, well, it's so much the, fun. I was looking at the tournament list recently, and um, I, you know, Bill Souza, Flesh Eater Courts won a, a major event, like a hundred player event. You know, we've had Slanesh in the top five. We've had. Um, you know, ogres and uh, ogres come first at a seventy-player event. So, and this is not Stonehorn ogres. <laughs> this is your your dad bod ogres. So Gut you're right. Busters. Gut busters came first <laughs> in a seventy-player event. So, um, you know, like it, it is a bit of a wild west right now. But we're starting to see a little bit of the meta revolving, and it seems to me at the moment, at least right now, it's all going down a very hero hammer route. You know, Marathi, mm. Teclas, uh, Go uh, Go Trek. Archeon, Nagash, we're starting to see these superheroes, but you don't have any. You don't have the big bad superheroes that obviously you can get. You can get Gotrek, right? We can you, get you, Gotrek. Can go um, I, I've I've seen lists um, around one list that did actually really well in the battle for Copenhagen, I believe, uh, that featured a Gotrek and two Ironclads, like. We've gone from first edition with no ironclads to third edition where we're just throwing like the that's entire almost, fleet. That's almost like fifteen hundred points, isn't it? That'd be close to twelve to fifteen hundred points. Yeah, no, it is. Um, that's like the whole list is Gotrek. I believe uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure even how like how it works, but I, I think you you put two ironclads um, on a flank and then funnel them in, into the ironclads using Gotrek and the ironclad, two ironclads just putting out that amount of firepower to wipe out what, what they can. It's crazy, but you're right. Like it's a bit of a wild west. How, 
how do you think KO goes at the moment with some of these superheroes, you know, because you're right, like there's a lot of Rend in KO. Have a lot you of got Rend a lot of... 1, which yeah, just doesn't got... punch through, you know. Um, there's a bit of Rend 2 in the cannons and the, the occasional sprinkling of Rend 3, but a lot of it's Rend 1, so uh, at least the way I've been looking at the at, at POW KO work and uh, playing my games is I'm pretty much ignoring the ignoring the big hero mm. um and there's a so there's a hero uh was oft overlooked and underused in uh second edition uh called the navigator and so he 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 provides a um a dispel he doesn't cast spells but he can unbind them um he makes it both a bit faster, and he's got this really cool ability right now uh, that he picks one flying unit in your opponent's army within 36 inches of the of the nav- of the navigator, so wherever really. And on a three plus, the that unit's movement is halved. Um, and on a six, it also takes D3 mortal wounds, but it's it's the the thing that halves the enemy movement. And uh, so the way it's the way it's worded is the it, it it halves the movement characteristic of of an enemy unit, which means if you took more of these uh, these uh, navigators, they actually would stack. So right now, I'm I'm just stapling two navigators to every list I've got, which is currently a hundred ninety point um, uh, investment. To then essentially guarantee, almost guarantee, uh, like an Archaeon or a Morathi is moving seven inches, and yeah. occasionally three and a half inches. Uh, he's scary, but if he's moving slower than Gotrek, and I'm just popping around with these boats. What's he going to do? Well, you've you've made a really interesting point as well because something that people might not have remembered or might have missed is uh, Broken Realms Bellacore which came out just before third edition did give you some additional triumphs from for, was it your Aether chemist, your navigator uh, and your engine master. Engine master. Yeah. So you got a, a couple yeah. of, how have you found those in the new edition, given that tr- the, the core triumphs have changed? Um, so yeah, I mean the, 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 the new, the Bella core triumphs really, Really affect these these heroes. Um, really affect a, a boat that the hero is stationed on. They, they, they all seem to be revolving around the hero is in a boat, and then the hero can use this triumph to positively affect the boat. Um, so the chemist could give uh, one weapon on the boat. Um, so for an ironclad, you'd, you'd want to probably go it on the the carbines, which just throw out, which have just the most damage output it gives them real ones to wound uh, where normally you can only do that to infantry squads mm. uh, navigators give the boat an extra d6 movement um which is it, it's all right um it's very good if you're if you've loaded your boat up in such a way that it can't fly high anymore yeah. um it can turn up an ironclad which now moves five inches into a relatively zippy like 15 inches because it can run um and and still shoot if it's got an admiral on it um and the the end of master he can make the boat blow up if it dies which is fun <laughs> so the boat goes down all your dudes are piling out you just 
blow the magazine. Everyone around it takes mortal wounds. Which which is actually really important right now, um, especially in the the current meta where um, we're seeing things like Blood Knights, for example. I've had a couple of games so far with the Soul Black Grave Lords, and you know having a unit of Blood Knights on a two up armor save using all that defense or Mystic Shield um, can really be tough if you don't have Mortal Wounds. So I know for me, I've been thinking about where can I get Mortal Wounds or a high volume of at quality attacks um because i can't just rely on ren to like you know small amounts of ren two damage i've got to be really specific because i can get a plus one to my save from mystic shield i've mentioned co uh, cover um their finest hour which is the hero ability gives you plus one to save as well so um there are interesting ways to avoid rend in the game at the moment yeah um i mean i uh, KO really just don't have the ability to put out that many mortal wounds. Um, we've got the drill cannons that have uh, it's a single shotgun. Um, you can take one per three balloon boys, and on a five plus uh, on on a six plus to hit, it does three mortal wounds instead. Um, and they're they are a bit spammable. You can put them onto gun haulers, and on a gun hauler procs on a five plus as opposed to a six plus because it's a slightly bigger gun. Um, but that's really about it, uh, except for that one artifact that you put on the the dirigible uh, suit Ender Master, who on a two plus you do a mortal wound, and just keep calling that dice until you get a one. Mm. Oh. That that's a <laughs> that's a fun artifact, but it is a once per game kind of thing. So how do you handle that? How would you handle? Because I imagine there's a lot of players like you were sitting there going, "How do I handle these things without?" Um, without the mortal wound output that some armies are, are, are doing right now. I know, you know, I'm tempting, uh, I, I'm playing Daughters of Cain at the moment mm. and I'm resisting taping, taking bow snakes. It's just something I don't want to do, but I'm finding that I don't have a lot of mortal wounds outside of the bow snakes and I'm relying on prayers like curse and, and that's a quite a short range. So yeah. how do you, how, how are you handling that or how are you thinking about coming up against some quite heavy armored saves? Um, uh, I, I suppose, again, it'd just be this, um, so it, first of all, it's this control, uh, where you just, um, use your navigators, um, you use your own maneuverability to just stay out of, out of reach of these, these big units. Uh, you, you block them out with just like lines of Arcanauts to kind of square them off of certain sections of the board and you just. So they have their Death Star, their big armor, their big unkillable thing, and you, you just ignore that, shoot all the chaff, and actually start playing, like, focusing hard on just objectives, doing your battle tactics, and just winning on points. Hmm. Uh, it, it's this, this game of keep away, essentially. Um, speaking, I guess, uh, of keep, speaking of keep away as well, um, what probably would work in your favor is the new command ability redeploy that allows you to to move out of combat or not out of combat but if someone's going to charge you you know using that cp to move d6 to make that charge harder and then if they do charge you you either unleash hell or if you got boats you can drop those bombs onto them right so the problem with redeploy is that it says once if you activate redeploy you can't shoot in that turn yes. so you aren't actually allowed to redeploy and then unleash hell but you could drop bombs. You can, 
I, that, that's D3 mortal wounds, but that's that, that's pretty much all they'll do. Um, it combos I'm to be really. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. To be positive. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got the bombs. You're like, nah. No. D3 is rubbish. Um, redeploy works really nicely with a a a sub faction in this book. Oh, that yep. a minor earthquake. Um, uh, works really nicely with a sub faction in this book. Again. Mostly ignored in third edi- in second edition, now super popular in third edition. Um, Barak Morna is the new star of Caradon Overlords. So Barak Morna gives you a whole raft of things that I am super in love with. So first of all, it gives you access to a fantastic relic, uh, which really plays into this whole control meta I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, and, I, pick... I, and I want to pick. I want to pick you up on that a little bit later. I want to talk a bit more about control. But you've got your combo. Talking, keep talking. Right. Uh, with with redeploy. So the enemy comes close. They're three inches away, and you redeploy an average of what three inches. Now you're six inches away. Um. This relic gives you uh, start of every charge phase. Pick an enemy unit. Half the charge roll. For that unit. Now we're six inches away. Yeah. Good luck on that twelve. I've played against something similar in um, the Bell- the um, the Corn Demon Prince has that aura that does the same thing. You have charging and run rolls, and it just makes charging so much harder. Uh, and you're right. You then do the redeploy, and if you can get like a three, four, or five, it makes it near impossible outside of a couple of bonuses to the charge. Um, and you've avoided combat, so it's a it's a really good yeah. call out. And th- there's ways to play around it because I know Destiny dice I think can't be modified. So uh, if if Archaon's coming out, no, I don't think so. Uh, so technically, yeah, you have an Archaon, a Zench Archaon, he comes towards you. I-, I wouldn't even start that combo because he's gonna just go twelve, yeah, or you know six, and I can't halve it because you can't modify them. So he just goes, I charge six done yeah uh and um, by the way just for uh you hats um so with with your battle line and reinforcing so um your troops can be all reinforced once so um in a traditional 2000 point battle you get four reinforcement points so um if you were to get let's say your engine riggers they come in units of three and i'm looking at i'm looking at cron to make sure that i i say the right things but yeah, yeah. your balloon boys come in units of three right so if you haven't got them as battle line it means you're only allowed to reinforce them up to a unit of six um and that's one reinforcement point so if you don't if, if you just take the minimum size of three no reinforcement points if they're battle line so uh, i don't know i'm sure there's a way to get the the balloon boys as battle line but if yeah. you do get to, if you do do that with your end you know your endron master or whatever it is as your general and it active it, whatever activates your your engine riggers as battle line then you'd be allowed to reinforce them twice and go up to unit of nine um and before Car- before cron says anything the other consideration is um uh what's it called um uh, coherency rules coherency has changed a little bit and it does make especially larger bases those 32 mil, mil bases um and even anything larger than that quite hard um especially to get into combat so speaking of that actually what are your um, thoughts on that how how have you found things like your your engine riggers and your engine masters to be in combat 
Um, I, I think we're we're seeing definitely a lot less balloons now. Um, unfortunately, yeah, with with the uh, coherency and the the max um, size on these things, as well as some some new wording on rulings uh, in the core book, uh, which unfortunately let uh, you can't uh, you you can't do uh, make a move if you can't do something instead of doing something if you couldn't do it before. Essentially, what it means is you can't uh, have these endo riggers hitch on boats yep. during a hero phase move, uh, which was a, the, the the one of the favorite tactics was you take an iron in second edition, take an ironclad in Zilfen, move it up in the hero phase with a fly high, hitch six balloon boys and an endo master along with it, who can then make their own move in the hero phase and then charge out. Uh, new rulings have stopped uh, anything from hitching on a boat as long as it uh, doesn't. Uh, if it, yeah. As... I, th- I, th- I think one mm. thing I want to call out that Cron is trying to say here, and um, it's... It, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. One thing I want to say here is that right now we are still waiting for additional FAQs to happen in this game. So there's a lot of confusion in the in the in the uh, the tournament scenes right now with the way H- Fly High works. They've um, there's some ch- you know no no we were talking uh, before we got we started the way that fly high works with the alpha beast pack because you can get a free move um, does that allow me to fly high before the game starts and some people at the moment are ruling yes some people are ruling it no um, the way that garrisoning and getting out of a boat um, some again there's a bit of gray right now so you know when we're talking here take it with a grain of salt. GW might update the FAQ, who knows, hopefully tomorrow. But no, there's a little bit of grey in the carriage and overlord scene. Yeah, there's a lot of um, very vague wording around a lot of this, especially considering like normal moves, runs and retreats, and like what is what, what counts as what. It's some very yeah vaguely defined rules that we're trying to get our heads around. But essentially, right now, you can only hitch riggers onto boats if they make a fly high in the movement phase. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Um, it makes <laughs> sense. That, so if you fly high using uh, Alpha Beast Pack or Zilfen, which happens the hero phase or before the game happens, you can't move these balloons with the boat. Only okay. the boat moves. Uh, it, it gets real technical sometimes. Yeah, that's, and that's fine. And we'll, we'll get the clarity. I, I guess I just want to acknowledge that there's a lot of grey. Um, if you are going to an upfront tournament, I would probably recommend you at the moment to talk to your tournament orgos to say, how are you ruling this? Because if um because it may change if you take the Alpha Beast pack, it may change the way that you're garrisoning or putting, you know, units into a boat. So, um, and there's just a couple of different examples. And I, I know there's a lot of uh, just um, still gray about whether Alpha Beast Pack can or cannot fly high these boats in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen events that rule it, yes, they can. I've seen events that rule it, no, they can't. It's, yeah, there's a lot of, it, yeah. We're waiting we're, for we're, clarity. We're doing, I, I, mm. 
pink elephant in the room. We need some clarity. We won't go into too much detail with it, but just know at the moment um, it may, and it, and it may change your decision. If, if people go, yeah, cool, no problem. You can do alpha beast pack. It might go, cool. I'm going to put more boats in because I want to garrison those boats. I'm then going to move it up. This is what I'm going to do. But if they say no, then the way you look at your list might be very different. And even things like, you know, just redeploy and unleash hell. And there's a bit of gray, you know, if, if a boat, was to redeploy, could the units inside unleash hell and uh, not not the boat? So, uh, Flamingo, yeah, yes, you could. Uh, the boat's redeploying, but the unit inside is not redeploying, so you could over, uh, unleash hell with the, the Arconauts or with the Thunders you have inside that boat, for sure. Yeah, I think this is a lot of great for KO. I just want to acknowledge that. But, you know, bring us back to AOS 3. Um, have you found any particular grand strategies or um, or even like battle tactics and core battalions? Like how are you thinking around those sides of things? Because um, I imagine um, things like hold the line, which is pretty popular for most armies. Isn't that good for you? Um. Yeah, I mean, so our, our battle line is, uh, historically, it's it's Arconauts, and then occasionally you've got your, your Thunderers or your Balloon Boys. But for the most part, it's it's little little 25 mil base, one wound, four plus save guys, um, and not a whole lot of them either. So, not, a summoning, not a lot of summoning, not a lot of high armor saves, you're not regenerating them, you know, even things like you don't have the Wizards to bring in Emerald Life Swarm to begin with, so... yeah. Um, so I guess the, the grand strategies I like is, uh, dominating presence. So dominating presence, which is you have more units at the end of the, uh, game than your opponent. Um, KO is, is quite MSUs. You are going to have a fair few units. And I, especially if you have, you know, what, three characters and a unit tucked into a boat. As long as that boat survives, um, that's five, that counts as five. And it, it you can really, like, um, at the end of the game, you should still have more units than your opponent because you are taking out and killing a lot of your opponent's chaff and their smaller units. And um, so th that's a good one. Uh, the the one where you get a uh, control terrain is generally good because it it means at turn five you can fly high and just jump on everything at the end of the game. I was thinking that one would be a good one, especially because you're tagging terrain as you go. It's a bit more bookkeeping because you've got to then you've got to be keeping track of how many pieces of terrain you've claimed over the course of the game. But yeah, you've got the tools to be able to do that um, and win that one. Though it's a bit bit techy. It, it it's a bit more bookkeeping, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, killing your enemy heroes. I mean, uh, that that's always a favorite. Like you've got guns, you've got the reach to just pick up and snipe them. Although that that goes with the, if you're trying to kill all your enemies' heroes now, you kind of have to kill that Archeon and Morathi, which you might not be able to do. Um, so iffy on that one. I I like dominating presence personally, um, but yeah, there, there's a, there's a couple of options. What are your What are your thoughts? Um, Box to board um, has just asked a good question because um, I I don't really talk about this very very much, and I'd, I'd love to get just your overview. What's your thoughts on building a custom Skyport? Do you think third edition has opened some good windows, or do you think the traditional ones are still just stronger than um, what you can build custom? Oh, I think custom Skyport has some really good plays right now. Um, yeah. 
we're really liking custom Skyport uh, just because it doesn't come with a required uh, command trait and um, an artifact, uh, which means you can pick out of the the um, the Caledon Overlord artifact list is amazing, and the more of those you can take, it can really like swing whole games. Um, so the one if you're playing a custom Skyport, you can take your chemist. You can give him Collector, which gives him, which lets you take an extra artifact for free as your command that, trait, and then you can is take. A, is that a KO artifact, or could that be a universal artifact? Um, can be a universal artifact. So you could take the book if you wanted to make your I'll, chemist a, a wizard, give your ironclad a mystic shield. I'll, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, you could get Flaming Weapon. You could get the Amulet of Destiny for a five-up ward save. So unlocking that could actually give you some good options. And Amulet of Destiny, like, if you've got a hero that needs to stay around, that Amulet of Destiny is just rock solid. And then you can still heal D3 wounds um, with, with a heroic action. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got the, the KO classics like um, Spell in the Bottle. That's, that's Everyone loves Spell in the Bottle. It's still good. Um, oh yeah, it's still good. I mean, look, I am. There's. Ne it's never not going to be a good thing to just drop a rat trap for free on your opponent's face. Um, it's. I think the currently the way Endless Spells work has limited the amount, uh, the 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 type of Endless Spells we can take for a spell in a bottle because uh, now it's it requires a wizard to control this Endless Spell. If you don't have a wizard, it's just going to jump back in your face um yeah, which chemist yeah and chemist isn't a wizard so things like um like geminids and the uh, the daughters of cane snake uh have kind of dropped a little but rat trap which doesn't move just sits in one spot stopping things from running doing a bunch of mortal wounds that's that's just solid and it only so went up what 10 points yeah. Yeah, they didn't go up too much because most of the pre it was the predatory spells that went up in points. So what you're saying is anything that doesn't have to move. So things like shackles would be a great example. As you said, the rat trap, um, which is the, the Skaven um, warp lightning. Uh, yeah, the warp lightning vortex. Warp lightning vortex, um, yep. There's a couple of good options where you're right, where if, if, if your wizard isn't around, it doesn't go wild. Um, Palis Palisade is another one that doesn't do that. Anything that doesn't... Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be controlled. Hmm. I, it has it has limited our scope a little bit. Uh, people were usually throwing out the wild things like the the wildfire taurus, um, or uh, the some of the the warriors of chaos ones that are uh, the the darkfire demon riff. Yeah, uh, we can't really use those as well anymore. But you know, spell uh, warp lightning vortex will never not be a good option. And the problem as well, if you were to take the Arcane Tome, it's the wizard that casts the Endless Spell has to control it. So it's not mm. like you could use Spell in the Bottle to drop the Bullfire Taurus and then your, I don't know, your whenever your hero has the, um, the, the, the Arcane Tome, then controls it. It doesn't work like that. It has to be the wizard who casts it, controls it. So just something yeah. to keep in mind. Um, so, and, and the reason that we... KO artifacts are really good, and uh, Custom Skyport lets you use two of those without having to use a Warlord or a um, Battle uh, 
command entourage battalion. Yeah, anything with the, think, the, magn- the magnificent icon. Yeah, I, I think Ko is still an army that very much cares about how many drops it is. Uh, Ko, you want to be two, uh, like between one and three drops is the absolute maximums you want to go there because you need to control who's going first and second in this game. And that's another point as well. What's changed in um, deployment is if you go one drop, which is, you know, you got to drop all the force in one go, you can't piecemeal that anymore. Back in the old edition, you could still go one drop, but just piecemeal and go one model, one model, one model, and then win it. You've, you've, you have one choice and that is put it all down at the same time. So uh, I imagine you've got to have a strategy. If you're going one drop, do you want to go first or do you want to go second in the first battle round on average? Um, it 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 depends. It really depends if you if you have pre-game moves in your army, like Alpha Beast Pack or Barrack Mourner, you have to go first. If you don't, you probably still want to go second. Um, so like a, a Zilfin list that can fly a ship high in the hero phase can still you know sit wholly back in a corner, let your opponent come forward a bit, and then jump in on your first turn into the middle of their army shoot them, maybe get second turn, shoot them again, that kind of stuff. Um, but there's a lot of... Uh, there's this Alpha Beast Pack and there's Barrack Mourna, which both of which pick up a boat at before the game begins and dump it nine inches away from your opponent's army. Um, and at that point, you want turn one, or it's going to get surrounded and killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you might get doubled as well. You might hope... Y- y- you, you, you really got to gotta do, play need, for that. <laughs> yeah, you need to. If you're gonna if you're gonna go first, you've got to do more damage and neutralize. But probably one other good call out as well that might people might have missed is that um, your opponent can only use one inspiring presence per per turn. So if you were to do like a lot of you know low volume shooting and do a bunch of wounds to multiple units you might force them to use an inspiring presence and they're not going to be able to keep everyone battle shock immune. So you could actually do a lot of damage through attrition. By just shooting two units. Yeah. 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 Or shooting, yeah, shooting, shooting two or three units. If you can do enough damage to it and they don't have, they've only got one inspiring presence, unless there's a, you know, some other battle shock immunity. You, you, you make them, that. yeah, you make them have a really tough decision. So, um, you know, focusing on one target might not be the only solution. You could actually, yeah, make someone lose a lot, especially if they've gone first and they don't have as many command points as the person who went second. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so you, you really want to con- be able to control uh, dep- um, that, that, that first turn, second turn um, dynamic from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, which I, which means I, which is why I, I think low drops is crucial, and why um, custom skyports with the ability to take two relics, even in a one or two drop army, very nice. Venice, so Venice, we're doing all that <laughs> poor, poor Borat impersonations. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go to Kron's list in a minute. Uh, before we do that, I want to get your. Maybe your top five. Like, what are your top five units that you really like in third edition from you, from your army? Um, well, Ironclad, fantastic choice. Carries a whole lot of dudes. Um, you can layer some really nice buffs on it. Um, 
and it, it it still just puts out the damage. Like, it is so much as long as you're not fighting coalesced seraphon, because it's got a lot of damage to weapons. Um, as long as you're not fighting that one very specific army, then uh, ironclad, lovely, love it, awesome. Okay, so I, ironclad's definitely one. The fact that it's got a high armor save, lots of wounds, um, does a boatload of attacks. Um, just overall ironclad, <laughs> good choice. A boatload of attacks, you say? I did say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, Navigator, just for that um, halving movement ability. Yeah. And Dispels are nice. Halving movement, really good. Um, and it just brings more speed to your ships. In, in a game where movement is the most important um, characteristic, the I, a hero who... Purely deals with um, manipulating those characteristics is fantastic. Yeah, if people are concerned about Gotrek right now, Gotrek's one of those monster people in the meta right now who are freaking people out. Reducing his movement and his base movement is only four. Reducing that down um, to a base of uh, two. No, you can't. Unfortunately, you can't. No, it's. Oh, it's I he... have to pick a flying unit. Ah, uh, we'll make a flying Gotrek then Harvard. Uh, I know, yeah. I know some. I know that I think there's like fading vigor or whatever it is in death that reduces movement. Okay, cool. All right, I'll skip what I was going to say there. But anyway, your Marathi, your um, your who, who else flies? Teclas, Marathi, uh, uh, Archeon, uh, 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 Battle Cabbages. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of flying monsters that you could have movement and uh, reduce their synergies and their ability to get into combat. Uh, the, all these new dragons that are coming out just. <laughs> Yeah, who yeah. knows? Who knows what? Who knows what the Stormcast dragons are going to do? That that that's going to be a conversation in its own. Yeah, um, always look into the future, you know. Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon, um, Manfred. There's a lot of death, death flying monsters. So I'm good... I'm personally having to deal with a unit of three terror guys right now <laughs> because our vampire, our local vampire player, has figured out that he can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon actually, you know, I was just thinking about this because in the meta right now, the Lumineth Fox is giving people headaches. The <laughs> Manfred is giving people headaches and it's because they don't have to get into combat and they can avoid combat super easy. I feel like with the amount of shooting and the range of your shooting and the volume of shooting, I reckon you're actually a really good gatekeeper for those types of builds because Manfred is causing nightmares to players and and we've seen some interesting lists. I think it's like Joe Cryer or there's a few Fox builds right now where they're running like two, three, four Foxes that are just zipping around the board, moving in your shooting phase as well as their shooting phase. And you just can't get them. Mm. I mean, against the Foxes, you we do have a lot of long range on the boats uh, up to uh, 24, 36. So that, that should be able to tag the Foxes. Yeah. Should be able to. Um. Yeah, you should have the, you should have the range. Yeah, um, Arconauts. love Arconauts now. Um, we're Why? starting to think Arconauts are almost better than Thunderers at this point. Um, yeah. So Rend one. Uh, again, go, going against this um this high high arm of saves. Rend one on thund thunders of two shots with with uh, threes and fours at rend one, um, yeah. and they cost two hundred and seventy points 
for for ten now, which is a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that's quite expensive. Three hundred points gets me almost a terrorgeist. Yeah, uh, Thunders went up in points again to, to a point where they're almost not. They're barely still. They've got a goal, and I think it's more using that eighteen-inch range as opposed to actually using the the proper killing power of them. Um, Arcanauts are sitting here at 100 points per 10 with two shots per guy. Fours and fours, but uh, if they need an objective, that becomes threes and fours. And two shots, no rend. And no rend is... I I feel this has a lot more of a place in third edition than rend one now, because you're not paying that extra points for that rend one. I think it comes down to the quality and the volume of attacks. So, you know, uh, what, what are you hitting on? What are you wounding on? Um, but you're right. I think, you know, and, and, you know, we've had this conversation a few times now with other players and, you know, it d- does, does rend minus one mean nothing? No, it doesn't. So don't, don't throw your rend one toys out of the, you know, out of the cot, but what, because there's a lot of plus one to saves and we mentioned it earlier, Misty shield cover all that defense, just to name a few, mm-hmm. Um, rend one isn't as reliable doing damage as it used to be. And with some very high armored um, units out there with a two plus or a three plus armor save, you really need rend two or rend three or mortal wounds to get just to, just to get through the, the, the high save. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm just looking at, at pure efficiency, like uh, Caraton, uh, Arconauts and Thunders have a very similar profile gun. Arconauts are half the range and no rend, while uh, Thunders are, have rend one and are 18 inch range. But uh, for 200 points, you get 20 Arconauts, which is 40 shots. For 270 mm-hmm. points, you get 10 Thunders, which is 20 shots. So you're getting double the amount of firepower for less points, which is just more efficient. And it allows you to put those points into boats, I guess, is the other the other element. Um, boats to carry them around, yeah. Um, so, uh, so top five, that was three. Yeah. Number four, admirals. Um, I, I guess in second edition, you never saw an admiral um, because a lot of their command abilities uh, work on boats and used to function like the old command abilities did. Um. They had a command ability that, if if you use it, the boat your the admiral is on gets to reroll ones to hit in shooting, which back in second edition, cool. What I you can had, get my chemist re- to do that. You had rerolls everywhere back in back yeah. in second edition. You had rerolls coming out the wazoo. Now that reroll ones is looking real nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, there's, it's, there's it's, not there's it's, not a lot of re, there's not a lot of rerolls in the game now. So, um, which is one of the triumphs, you know, in the old triumphs, for example, you you would get the reroll. There's no none of that anymore. Mm. As an as as one example, yeah, triumphs. I find uh, it gives you the, there's a nice one that gives you plus one to wound, which you that's the thing you would use on a on a boat or thunderers, and there's one that lets you ignore battle shock checks, which I actually end up using more on Arconauts. Um, so like. You have this squad hold this objective, and they'll get punched down to like five, six or five dudes. Flip your 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 um your ether gold token in the battle shock phase, and just go. Yeah, they're staying there. I've gotten, and, and then I'll 
spend my um uh, uh hold, like hold the line bravery thing yeah. on the other side of the board. Speaking of Arconauts, and we'll get to your list. Um, what are your thoughts on thirty Arconauts? Do you think double reinforcing Arconauts is worth it, or because you've you've also lost the plus one bravery for every ten? So, is is that too over investing in Arconauts, or what are your thoughts? Thirty Arconauts? I don't know. You'd uh, at at thirty, you can't stick them into any boat, so you'd need to find some way to move those Arconauts where they need to be. So unfortunately, they, Arconauts have a 9-inch range with a 4-inch move. So on their own, without anything to help them, they are basically stuck where you deploy them. Mm. Um, but if, if you could find a way to get the enemy to come to the Arconauts, uh, or put them into a position on the board where they can do damage, right? 30 Arconauts, you charge that, that's, what, 60 shots coming back at you with Unleash Hell. Hmm. Um, they, they'll they'll do something. It's just the the transportation that I'm worried about. It's having no maneuverability on that kind of thing. If you really want to defend an objective, it might be really good, but that's a lot of points not doing a lot while it's got a six sorry nine inch range. Um, and it's not engaging with the enemy. I guess. Yeah, it's 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 just not being able. You probably won't be able to use them for their full at their fullest potential. Yeah, yeah, no, good, good call. And let's talk your list. Let's let's talk the list. I think you know we've we've got a couple of good options. You've given me a, a whole bunch. I'm sure you said five. If not, the fifth one is Go Trek. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, uh, Brock. Go Trek. Brock. Brock. It's Brock. Brock is number five. Oh, Brock is Brock, is, Brock Bro is the greatest greatest character on character in the in the book. If people listen to this <laughs> in this episode and they listen to Brock, maybe we'll get a Brock meta happening. Uh, forget. Forget, um, yeah, forget that other Duarte. Let's talk Brock. But uh, um, look, he gives he gives all your guys within twenty four inches rerolls to charge. That's that's something. Well, get, it, get all good. those. It would be good yeah. if if it wasn't KO charging. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, it works for Marauders. It works for Marauders, like almost like you know being able to get more guaranteed charge. Um, yeah. Look, if you could make, if you could do it, get it to happen on some like allied Hearthguard berserkers, even that'd be that'd be that'd be something. Well, well, <sighs> I mean, the internet rumors, and I'm not speculating, I'm not saying that I know this, oh. but the rumors are that Dwight and are all going to come together, and we're going to get like a little combined like Auric book for Dwight, and so who knows? Maybe there um, will be boat faring fire slayers. Uh, I've been hearing rumors of. I've been hearing that. I've been hearing stories in White Dwarf of a of a certain dwarf going to different dwarf factions and rallying them together into one combined army. It's it's pretty. It's exciting. It's an exciting thought. Having a unit of Hearthguard Berserkers would make a huge difference too. Having a bit of combat prowess because you just don't have the combat, and it would allow you to have a few more tools. But hey, this isn't the combo show, and we'll definitely do a combo show if that happens. <laughs> But um, when I was looking at the list that you sent to me, the first thing I was really surprised at was just the Skyport. Um, you know, Zilfin obviously is one of the popular ones. You know, there's, you know, Barak Nar or even Barak Urbaz you used to see a lot, sometimes even Barak Zon, but you've gone something completely different. So talk to me about your list. You've got, you know, Double Navigator, you've got an Admiral, you've got your Frigate, you've got, um, just for anyone who's listening to the podcast, by the way, who can't see your list, you've got, you know, two, three units of, of, of Arconauts in, in, in units of 20. 
you've got a gyrocopter that's coming in as an ally and you've got a, a the you know unit of thunderers so and obviously there's a whole bunch of kid out here but talk to me about this list talk to me about what you're doing with it how it plays oh. what drove these decisions um i think it's also missing an ironclad should be all right, let's, in. All right, oh oh right, no there i see it it's just not it's just not bolded all right it's in there there's an ironclad <sighs> in there that's my formatting error um <laughs> The amount of letters Lee makes. Um, all right, so yeah, Barracks Zilfin used to be my baby. Like I, I took that thing to every single event. Um, but now Barak Morna. Um, so I've already talked a little bit about Barak Morna. That that that's that Gale Force stuff can only be given to a navigator. So more reasons to take navigators to halve that enemy movement. Um, if they're flyers, it's a flying one, right? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. the the Gale Force stuff. Anything. Oh, so that, that's 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 go trek deny uh, then. So th that that halves that's the one that halves the charge distance. Sorry. Uh... Um. So go trek, you know, it's where you can redeploy back and then halve their charge, and then go trek's not go trek's not going anywhere. Lol. Yeah. Mm, sad go trek. Uh. So the, the sneaky list tech with barrack mortar. So barrack mortar is already known as like they're the pirate skyport, the shadow skyport that. The rules are more like guidelines, anyway. <laughs> uh, so the thing that Barak Morna does um, is it's that command trait the the admiral has, um, the opportunistic privateer. So what it does, and it, it's been touched at, touched a little bit with an FAQ. The original FAQ um, for third edition um, went over this and changed some parts. Uh, so yeah. it's now. If the generalist part is part of the garrison of the sky vessel that's on the battlefield, after armies are set up, or before the first battle round begins, you can remove that sky vessel from the battlefield and set it up anywhere more than nine inches from the enemy from enemy units. Um, so it's like a fly high, but very specifically, it is not a fly high. It's a redeploy, mm. um, which gets around uh, so some of the other limitations. Um, and then, if you do so, uh, that Sky Vessel cannot make a normal move, and the FAQ has come in and said it also cannot make a retreat. Um, in the first battle round, and units in the garrison cannot leave the garrison in the first battle round. Um, so, you know what's not a normal move or a retreat? What? A run. Uh, and and, and that's, that's probably another good call-out, is that... Um they have separated the movements as well. So you used to be able to retreat and run. That's no longer a thing. It is a run or a retreat. You can't run in a retreat. So just another clarification. Yeah. Um, uh, and then one of their other abilities, amendments, prosecute wars with all haste. In your first turn, friendly barrack mortar units can run and still shoot later in that turn. So you're redeploying this ironclad. Um with 20 arc I put 20 Arcanauts inside this ironclad, which uh, unless it has a specific relic, which one this one doesn't, means it is at half move and it cannot fly high. Okay. Um, using Bag Mola, you can still essentially fly high this thing, put it nine inches away, and then in your first turn, run and move around as you would. Because you're not flying high technically, but you're using the opportunistic privateer that acts mm. like a fly high that isn't a fly high. So even though you can't fly high, you're still getting the fly high rules through a different set of rules. Yes. You are a good lawyer. 
Look, it's all about the Kadron code, right? It's all about reading that code and making it work for you. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good way because there are workarounds, especially depending. Yeah, I like it. Um, and uh, you still can't get out of the garrison, um, but you you normally don't need to because everyone can shoot out of the garrison anyway. Because right now you've got to not move in order to get out of the garrison, right? Like you sacrifice a move and fly high is counting as a move. That's the current ruling. Yes. Yeah, so current ruling. If the boats are considered a garrison, which we're pretty hunt fairly yeah. sure they are, um, uh, units get out of garrisons at the end of the movement phase, and which means if you you get your units out of a garrison, your boat cannot then fly high because it's the end of the movement phase. I think we've dropped about like ten million different fly highs, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's an interesting one. Like, and even, you know, things like the fearsome raiders, you know, subtracting one from the bravery. And again, we've just talked a little bit about forcing battle shock tests, um, only having one, uh, access to one inspiring presence per turn. Um, that, oh, while within, oh, that's for everything. That's while they're within six inches of a unit. Oh, that's pretty, oh. that's quite generous. Which is? Uh, the fearsome raiders. So subtract one to the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they're within six inches of a friendly uh, barrack mortar unit. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really good bonus, and again, yeah, goes into that um that 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 uh, baiting out inspiring presence plays. Hmm. And, and six <laughs> inches is good. It means you don't have, you don't have to be within combat. You just be within six. So um, something you can play around with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've, got more, this, yeah. this, you've got this ironclad. It's got two navigators, an admiral, and twenty archonauts on it. Um, so it, it will put out a decent amount of firepower. And according to the, I, um, with this, you'd also like to I like to take the frigate and put that behind the ironclad. So use the ironclad as this kind of buffer, and then use the frigate and the thunderers in the frigate and with their long eighteen-inch range to kind of shoot over the ironclad into the same kind of stuff that that's shooting at. Which then you can still focus enough firepower out of these two vessels full of dudes to uh, put a decent dent in your opponent's army. Is there anything in particular you're focusing at? Are you going for heroes? You, you you're looking to neutralize something within a battle tactic? Um, like how do you choose? Because obviously you're putting a lot of points into one target. So how do you decide what you're focusing on? Yeah. Uh, so. With this kind of list, you don't you don't focus the RK on or the big thing. That's what the two navigators are for, and then you try to deploy these ships um, on the other side of the board of this big whatever the the big thing is, and then you fo you you focus down the chaff. You focus down their ability to hold objectives, uh, mostly because th this is definitely playing that objective game. While these two ships are, you know, in your opponent's flank making a lot of noise and doing a lot of damage. The other two units of Arconauts are just running up that board, squatting on objectives and going, we've got 20 wounds on each with a four up save and goal to, to stop, uh, stop anything running away. We're holding this. Um, because the, the, a lot of the new um, point scoring, you really, it, it, you don't need to hold every objective on the board. You need to hold two and more than your opponent. So th th that's what this list 
tries to do it. It holds two and stops your opponent from holding any uh, as many as you can. And to what S Matters saying, which is no Go Trek in this list pass. Well, guess what? Like Go Trek is plug and play. You can just find four hundred points and put him into any list, and it doesn't matter. So, and this is just one of many examples of lists you can build. So, if you really want to run Go Trek right now, put him in Hunters of the Heartland. You know, get him up the board. You know, use your KO to shoot off your enemy while Go Trek's coming up the board. Fine, yeah. easy. That's it's like so easy to do. Um, but if you don't want to sure. run Go Trek, then we got we got all the boats. Uh, like we discussed, you know, the two ironclads on a Go Trek just went four and one in Copenhagen. So yeah, put him in that. Just yeah. rush him forward. Like, yeah, it's Go Trek. You know, you know, everyone knows how Go Trek plays. Um, quick, quick question on Morna. So Stephen Mitchell's asking, um, Morna can't leave Garrison in turn one. So if the ironclad is destroyed, the units can't be set up and they all die. Is that no? That's not right. Um, um I'm not actually sure. So the, the the play obviously would be to not have your ironclad die. Um, but no, that's obviously the great decision, right? <laughs> like, don't do that. Don't, uh, choose to not have your ironclad die. You know, just just choose that. Uh, but don't, when, when but, a boat when a when a boat hmm. destroyed, don't you still roll a dice and you know on a roll of a one the model slain or is that has that changed? Uh, no, so that's still the same. And and then they have to be placed wholly within three inches of the boat and wholly three inches away from the enemy, which um, you should be because you're outside of nine to drop the boat down. Yeah. Uh, oh. But not if if they if they charge the boat and surround it at that point, everything in oh, the boat sure. usually dies anyway. Yeah. Um. If, they... if they shoot it, then you you're usually fine. Yeah, and that's always been a tactic. Like you use a whole bunch of wounds to swarm the boat, and if you can deny them from dropping out, then yeah, the whole thing would be destroyed. Hmm. Um. Oh, that, that, that's happened like so many times to me in the past. But, what I uh, what, what I will say is because of the coherency and the um the reinforcement, I'm seeing like like I used to run gits list and my gits would have like 160 to 200 gits. I don't run those that that nearly as many gits in my army now. So um, I, I I don't know how MSU is going to work versus your horde meta, but I haven't seen a lot of hordes at the moment. So you might not have enough bodies to do the swarm. Just I mean, other than like pink horrors and things, but. Most yeah. armies aren't going hordes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, so a lot of this list is also uh, so the ironclad is relatively safe in this list um, because there's that navigator that's halving the charges of any of an incoming unit, and you have the ability with your own maneuverability to really put that boat anywhere on the table in uh, before the game begins, where anywhere you want to on that table, you can really section of what even has the ability to charge your boat and um uh, and I, what, what can get close and what is allowed to charge the fastest units in the game have fly and the two navigators directly counter that um and then um if they do happen to charge your ironclad uh there's more fun stuff so the Ironclad unleashes hell. Then you've got uh, the, the artifact I put on it, um, the last word, which lets you unleash hell again with your cannon. 
Snouts unleashing hell twice. twice. And then you've got 20 angry Arcanauts inside the Iron Clad ready to punch whatever try whatever's trying to do it. Because um, yeah, another another nice ability Admiral has, he's got a, so many abilities, that, but it only affects this one boat. Um, but one of, the, one of the abilities he has is give everything in the boat plus one to hit for that phase. In the combat phase. Yeah. So, yeah, it... it there's a lot. There's a lot put into this list to stop people from charging the boat, and if they happen to charge the boat, it will do a lot of damage before they even get to hit. So, is this list more like a Death Star list? But instead of it being like a whole bunch of units circling each other like a synergy, it's more of like a concentrated on the boat, the double um, navigator with the twenty Arcanauts with a buffed up boat, and that is like your just absolute massive sledgehammer. Um. I suppose so. I don't know. I I still it it's still very leaning into that, like control and stopping your opponent from uh, doing what your opponent wants to do, which is really probably killing the forty archonauts in the back line who are holding objectives. Yeah. Um. It's it's just stopping uh, be uh. Forcing your opponent to make poor choices, essentially. Right. So, so this list would come undone if your opponent would focus on the Arcanauts because they're the they're obviously the wounds, right? They there's not a lot of wounds in that unit. They're not a very high armor save, so that would deny that. Would, this is almost acting like if people take if people are going to focus on your Ironclad, awesome. It means you're scoring. If they focus on your Arcanauts, then you're losing the ability to score, but you've still got this big sledgehammer. Yeah, well, so you know, uh, in, in inside this ironclad is another twenty archonauts who could jump out and hop on an yeah. objective. So it's it's yeah, it's splitting up. It's just forcing those decisions to happen. Yep. What's what's with um, the um the gyrocopter? That's that that's standing out to <laughs> me like dog's balls. Like like what on earth is that gyrocopter doing in this list? Um. So I've I've got a. This is this is a list of uh, that I made with um, models that I have essentially um, with with these with the sixty archonauts and the, I had seventy five points left over. Didn't know what to do with it, so I put a gyrocopter in there because um, it's it's fast. It caps an objective, I guess. <laughs> it it exists. It's fun. Okay, I'm just Another wondering. Like, version... yeah, do, you, do you just go for like a unit of Aether wings and and try to go for the triumph? Uh yeah, but also, like the steam cannon on a gyrocopter is really fun. And if you hit, you know, find a horde with it, it will hurt that horde. Um, uh, another version of this list I may I thought so instead of having two units of twenty archonauts and a gyrocopter as you kind of realign, you've got what two units of ten archonauts and one unit of twenty iron breakers, which I haven't. I don't have. The models for that yet but i really want to yeah. um I, I i i don't know what would hold objectives better if it's that if it's splitting those arcanauts up but three plus base save is really nice yeah because you yeah there's a couple of good options you could bring in especially because you've got cities allies as long as they're dewad in keyword is that right yeah so the the iron world arsenal and the dispossessed uh yeah, so is, is the allies we get so you could bring in Longbeards, you could bring in um, Iron Drakes, you could bring in 
there's a whole bunch of really good ally choices that would give you because they're quite high armored as well from memory so that would give you something a little bit different yeah there's definitely um room that i'm I'm experimenting with the list one of the experiments is uh um uh, instead of having the iron uh, the the iron breakers just take another unit of 10 thunderers sitting in your back line just pouring out shots also gyrocopters definitely better than gyro bombers um and the, yeah <laughs> they've got the elite, elite keyword which and that's important because uh, it lets you issue commands to itself uh, without having a unit champion. Correct. So if you don't have the, if you're not elite, it doesn't. It means you need a hero to um, activate a command point, like all that attack, all that defense, or um, something else. You know, things like the or Lord Ordinator ha- have always been good options. Um, even things like the the Knight of Zeros is another good option. But we are on the eve of a new Stormcast battle tome, so who knows how they're going to change? So um, that's my Knight only caveat has- to that. Knight Azos I like because it gives you that real ones, which you don't off get that much. Lord Ordinator gives a War Machine plus one to hit, but that's very common. Like That's really easy to just get from a million different sources now. And it's good for turn one. I always found it's really good for turn one. But then even like with my, my, my Cities of Sigmar steam tanks, the Lord Ordinator is just running, just trying to keep up with the with the steam tank to be able to shoot. So I always find that as a challenge. But again... Stormcast uh, is going to get new rules, so I don't. Mm, that, yeah, that's why I'm always a bit nervous of Stormcast. I, I know in second edition, a, a trick I like, I, I tried a couple times was you take an ordinator and um, combo him with a knight Vexilla, who then teleports the knight, knight Lord Ordinator forwards. Ooh. So you can jump the ships forward, then in a kind of castle formation, then jump the ordinator into the middle of that ship and just shoot out of all angles. Yes, it not wasn't literally, the most in, not literally in not literally in the ship, but, but yes, you could do that. But you're sinking like 300 points into that combination to be able to do it. Yeah, that um, wasn't really ever that that worth it. But it was a fun thing to try. Hades has asked a good question as well, and um, I, I, I assume um, Thundrix is the uh, what's it called, the Underworld uh, Battalion? No, yeah, uh, the Underworld's yeah. unit. The Underworld's unit. The Warband. Um, yep. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on that Thundrix? Because he's an Aether Chemist with a free retinue, um, and his ability affects uh, hits instead of wounds like the regular Chemist. Yeah, and I, I do like uh, effect. He gives a unit real ones to hit, which is very useful in this in this meta. Um, uh, it, it, he's got more play than Brock. I'll give him that much. He's got more play than Brock. Poor Brock. Um, I mean. <laughs> Thundrick and his, his four guys will fit in a gun hauler with the uh, gun hauler expanded plates. Um, uh, forget what it's called. It's it's a it's an artifact that you can give to a, a gun hauler that gives it a carrying capacity of five. And he he and his four his four friends fit perfectly into that thing. Thing is, whiz around the field. How yeah. do you feel about gun haulers? Because I, I I remember at least from from my city's days. Because um, I played a lot of Tempest Dice, so one in four could be would be KO. You know, I would think about things like um, Ironclads. I would think about things like Gun Haulers, but very rarely I would choose a fri- uh, the the frigate that middle that middle mm. ship. I was never really a fan. And obviously, you've got the two big ships. What are your thoughts on Gun Haulers? Um, gun Haulers specifically are uh, they they got hit a little hard with the points increase. 
say like 155 at from up, up from 130 to 155 um yeah. and i'm not sure it, it really affects that their, their, their spam ability because one gun hauler was never enough you needed two or three to to get that the proper amount of firepower in but that's that's just gone up by uh 50 to 75 points which you just don't have space for I or find, i used to i used to hitch some balloon boys on the gun hauler so um that was the other option but you're right then you're putting a lot of points into that into that unit that um has no consistency because you can't do any re-rolls you can't get any pluses it's it is what it is I'm I'm really struggling to find a way to make balloon boys function in my list at the moment. Um, they, they went they went up in points, fifteen to twenty points, depending on which one you took, and uh, a one inch range on on a unit uh, with thirty two mil bases is it's 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 tough to get the most out of that. Yeah, and and that's probably one thing that's really hurt the engine riggers is the fact that they're they're on a thirty two mil base, and if they've a, if they've got a one inch attack, the way coherency works, you're not going to get all of your attacks in a unit of. Well, if you've got a unit of three, it's not a problem. It's when you it's when you go to a unit of six, the coherency six. rule kicks in. So when you've got a minimum unit of three, it's not so bad. Um, yeah. So. Um, but I, I guess just six don't want, like, but yeah, and but and three just don't do that much, and you, you're trying to get the most out of your units here because you're you're really trying to get as many into a battle regiment as you can, um, and to waste one of those slots with a small unit of three, three guys, um, you want your points to be doing more in that case. No. Do you think um, what you've said is true, both of Endron Riggers and Sky Wardens, or do you think maybe one of them has a bit more play right now? I think Sky Wardens definitely have probably more play because they have a two-inch range. Um, what they lack is the Rend 2. They're, they're, they're only Rend 1, and the, the Sky Port that used to give them uh, plus one to hit and wound on the charge, uh, turning them from 4s, 3s to 3s, 2s, um, the Skyport doesn't work as well anymore. One of the big plays that people used to do was uh, jump ju jump boats with um, riggers forward, activate cogs, which then gave more plus two to charge, which may giving you those seven inch charges as opposed to to yeah. nine inch. But now you're kind of stuck, hoping to roll a roll a nine. And um, cogs has changed as well. Cogs has changed significantly. Yes. Uh, yeah. It really stops you from being able to to do that um the the the, the classic zon um charge uh, charging list yeah so yeah, yeah it's a lot of the synergies of of the balloon boys have just kind of disappeared with third edition which is a little shame but but you know, it moves on we get we get other things yeah look i'm <laughs> I remember playing like a thirty balloon boy list in in first in first edition, so I I wouldn't mind them sitting on the the sidelines for a little bit. But I think you know one of the, one of the cool things about this show is that this is a, this is a first look. This is meant mm. to be just a first observation as the meta evolves, as you know you know Cron plays with more armies, starts playing around with different builds. There actually might be a new build. Who knows? New model. Um, the way the game kind of changes. The battle pack 
you know, we might be playing in Gur right now, but if a new battle pack comes and we've already seen some rules for Hish in White Dwarf, um, we've seen Mega Gargans get their own battalions. All of a sudden, yeah. this game this game changes, right? In a couple of months' time, who knows what KO might be getting or might benefit you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not goodbye. It's goodbye for now. Like we say, it's the Wild West. This is one idea. Uh, there, there are people are bringing in all kinds of ideas. So with Alpha Beast Pack and still trying to... I, I've, I've been saying Alpha Strike is not that great, but if you Alpha Beast Pack and with two Ironclads filled with 10 Thunderers each and a Chemist with Warp Lightning Vortex, like, this, if anything's going to Alpha Strike, that's going to Alpha Strike. So maybe that'll work. Um... Uh, what what else are people doing? Like, yeah, it's um using Baragnar to get those fifteen man thunderers, just walking them, literally walking thunderers up, waiting for them to get charged, so you can unleash hell with plus one shot and uh plus one to wound because you can use your ether gold, uh, you can use a triumph in whenever you get picked to shoot, and just going as a big baits shoot uh charge me kind of trap. It there's a lot of stuff that we could do. It's it's just we're just playing around and seeing which works the best right now, if I think it works at all. And I think the 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 board size as well has really played in your favor because you did have a lot of medium range shooting that now is quite good because the board has shrunk. Um, things like your dwarf allies, whether it's is going to be dispossessed in Cities of Sigma or if it's Fire Slayers, you know. One of the things that Fire Slayers has always been is slow walking up the board, which is why they needed to teleport. But now the board has changed quite a lot. That Fire Slayers actually might be a good ally choice to bring in as a bit of combat prowess. So if you want a bit more versatility as opposed to just shooting, Fire Slayers actually might be a really good choice. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I know uh, a, a fellow admiral named Max... Uh, loves his 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 um dispossessed and um fire slayer allies and it's they they do put out a lot of damage and they're tough um and yeah there's yeah so many things that we're just trying out right now yeah yeah um you know hades has asked a good question maybe to start bringing us home is some of the armies right now that are, are strong in the meta and lumineth is definitely one that everyone's talking about whether it's the archer build whether it's the fox build whether it is techless um or the cathalar lumineth seems to have a lot of um people talking about them but when i looked at the gts that have just finished very few, I mean, there was a few Lumineth in the top five, but I don't think Lumineth took any of them out. I don't think any of them actually won it by Lumineth. What are your thoughts as a KO player to deal with Lumineth? Um, I mean, uh, what I'd, what I'd what be trying to do is this. Uh, I, I know the real damage comes from, um, uh, for, from the bows, right? The bows, yeah. golden fires, getting mortal wounds. Yeah, or sixes. So what I'd be trying to do is is get the is take that first turn and just try and use my range to wipe out as many of these bows as I can because I'm like I'm not a hundred percent sure that uh, uh what what thirty bows could do but I'm I'm fairly sure that you could take out an ironclad with thirty bows. Well, they're so eighteen wounds, no more wounds, defense. 
they're normally fishing for those mortal wounds. So um, they're great for pulling down the small hero. So if you put your navigator, your admirals, you put them in the boat, they wouldn't be able to be targeted. So it might be a good defensive mechanism to kind of not let them pick you off. Um, Ooh, they can, they can totally, they can totally uh, target those heroes in those boats. Unfortunately, okay. So the heroes they are neg. Uh, anything inside a garrison is neg one to be hit and has plus one uh, armor save. Here which I was thinking, is I, yeah, okay. It, it's good defense against everything that isn't just fish for fives and sixes in mortal wounds. They wounds. don't care. They don't care. They, they don't care. Mortal wounds. Uh, I was thinking that that the ironclad would have to be the target for some reason, but okay, all right. Ignore what I just said. Yeah. Um. So Lumineth could totally just pick off the heroes in the ironclad. Um. Could probably just kill the ironclad. Um, Teclas, again, big, multi-wound, uh, high-armor-safe hero that I'm probably not going to touch. I'll just... Uh, the KO plan would be to kill everything around Teclas and just go, okay, you've got Teclas, I've got, like, five units, and I'm going to take all the objectives. Yeah, and the other one would um, be the, the Fox build, which is running around. But there's there's so, there's yes. so many different builds. Like, I, th I, don't, I, think, I think for me, and I was having this discussion in my Discord, is is Lumineth might be strong, but you've also got things like the Sons of Behemoth, the Gargants. And I think the Gargants are going to be quite popular and strong in the meta. And the way you handle Lumineth is very different to the way you build and handle Gargants. Um, and then you've got Archeon and, and Kairos, Marathi and Gotrek. Um, so I, at the moment, I, I wouldn't certainly build towards one build um, because there's a, a, a few big bads in the meta right now. Yeah, um, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like the because you, you're seeing, you're seeing even like Bellacore in Legion of the First Prince. Like that's 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 a little sneaky one, and I think it's the host of the Ever Chosen. There's another little sneaky chaos build kind of rising. So I would like wait till the metas kind of settled a little bit, and then you start going right. What are the tools that I need to handle the top three right now? I don't think there's a top three yet. No, it hasn't, it hasn't built itself out. And Sons of Behemoth are, are, are an issue because none of those things are fly. How, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to make them slower? And to answer um, the question around can KO even touch a Gargan army, I say the answer is yes. Mm. I think absolutely. Um, you're going to find a Mega Gargan who has the Amulet of Destiny. So that's a five up ward save. Um, take everyone else out. Uh, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think you've got to focus fire. And you've got to take out the other Gargans, especially if they've got the baby Gargans, because they've only got Bravery 7. They've got a 5-up armor save. They'll they'll die to a stiff breeze. So uh, target priority, again, in the KO is really important. You need to know your opponent's army um, and what your opponent is trying to do so, so you can effectively counter that. If you see a big tar pit of armor save or wounds or whatever, just don't go for it. Go, yeah. Kill everything around that tar pit and then just hold objectives while that tar pit slowly smashes your face. But it's okay because you've got objectives. <laughs> Same goes with Kragnos. You've got the fly high. You've got the board manipulation to, to engage and move around. So I think that's a really good strategy. It's, it's almost like the Nagash strategy. Don't focus on Nagash if you don't have the tools to take out Nagash. Take out the skeletons and the other hordes that are around him because Nagash can only score one objective at any given time. You're still very much the, the Dark Eldar of, of Age of Sigma, using your maneuverability and 
acting like a scalpel to take out exactly what you need and staying out of your opponent's reach. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the key. That's the key. And, you know, using your shooting and target priority and um, I think playing smart as well, like not getting sucked into to the the opponent's game plan. I think that's that's critical for KO especially. Yeah. Uh, it, it is it is a still a bit of quite an unforgiving army because it will fold so quickly if your ironclad gets surrounded and killed that's pretty much game over at that point because you put so many points into the stuff in yeah. in the ironclad but so rewarding once when it works the way you want it to i was going to say so rewarding when i pull it down but that's not the show <laughs> this is i'm going to be i'm going to be nice but um <laughs> Yeah, like, I think overall, I think there was a question that came up to kind of bring us home. But, like, you know, overall, how do we feel about KO right now? I think for me, and I'll let you have the last words, but I don't think it's bad. I don't – I think just the way you're building your lists and you're considering how you play in the new edition, because especially – and I keep going back to board size – I found KO would really exploit the large board size and it was easy to find those little pockets where there was no enemies around and you could just drop in and drop out and just dance around the table with the smaller board size. It makes it a little harder, but the list that I'm seeing aren't taking as many bodies as they used to. The list that I'm currently seeing and the ones that are doing really well competitively are putting like 1500 points like you know, between a thousand and 1500 points into heroes and they're taking very little battle lines. So it actually might work in your favor, but I'll, I'll leave it up to you. How do you feel overall? Wrap us up KO. Yeah. Good, but different. Can't play it the way you used to, but if, if you adapt to the, to this new meta of, of, of big God heroes and, and, uh, kill units walking around um, with just a couple mini screens you'll do really well yeah yeah I think I, I think I think my, my message to people in the past have been don't look at your second edition list and try to force it into third start fresh look at look use the experience that you've gained in the past but like build a brand new third edition list because the one thing that i've learned in third edition more you know more more important than ever before is the objective isn't nearly as important as it used to be it used to be about having more bodies to claim the objective hold it for as long as you could to score those points now it's about scoring battle tactics and yeah and and uh you, you know you just have to have more you know you score more victory points if you have more objectives than your opponent but you don't have to score all of them there's none of these things like scorched earth where there's eight objectives on the table you know there's there's you don't have to spread your force out as much and what's winning and losing games is battle tactics um and some of them are very easy for ko to do uh Say in Mona, where you can run and shoot in turn one, that that battle tactic where you're running your units uh, near each other, you love it. It's not it's not costing you anything. You're still putting out just as much firepower as you were before. Um, put two units in your opponent's uh, deployment zone. I mean, you've got boats; they're gonna jump over. And the thing about garrisons, uh, it says in the KO book they don't count towards scoring, uh, like holding objectives. That's all they. That's all they don't count towards. So a boat with a unit of Arconauts in it, that's two units. You've got the battle tactic done. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So no, some of I them are it. still very easy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, some some of them are very easy, especially some of the maneuvering ones. Even like things like sl- you know, being able to destroy the opponent's general. Um, you know, you've got the focused fire to be able to do that. So um, that's going to win you the games, I think. For me, it's not just it's not just killing your opponent, uh, and as you said as well, uh, the game is won in movement. But um, this has been a really good first thoughts on KO, and I know you and I could talk for hours. And um, if you've enjoyed this discussion, know that this is not the only KO show that we'll do. This is a first look at KO. We'll continue to look at KO, and we'll I'll, I'll talk to people who are winning tournaments and doing well, and and I'll revisit with Cron, and I'll just ask Cron. You know, you know, six months in, how how has this changed? New battle packs are out. What's changed for you? Um, and yeah, I think you know because Alpha Beast Pack is one of those um, battalions that are a part of this battle pack. So the minute we change from the General's Handbook twenty twenty one, that's gone. So yeah. So what what comes next? And I think that's that's the exciting part of what I'm feeling of third edition. It's it's, it's a very exciting future for sure um cool. yeah well uh, it's, it's been great to be on I'd, I'd love to be on any other um uh steampunk dwarf themed episodes well if people want to hear more from you you may you may have a thing that you do and people could learn um, more about the the, the, the carriage and overlords I mean, if, if if you like this kind of rambling about uh, sky, about uh, sky dwarves, uh, we have the Aethercast uh, podcast and channel uh, on YouTube, um, which is run by uh, uh, a friend of mine, Lee uh, and Max from from England, Germany, and myself, and we just talk about KO and lists and yeah, just what we're thinking, how we're doing things, and any weird rules um, questions that come up. Yeah, just and just have fun talking they about have a weekly show. They mm. talk weekly about about carriage and overlord. So uh, no fact, no faction, no other faction in this game enjoys as much content as you lot. So um, go check out Aethercast. Um, you all, I, I've had the pleasure of being on your channel once. Um, you have. So we talked about uh, um, Tempest Eye. It was great. We did, yeah, we did. It was it was a good show, but um, go check out Aethercast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show, Cron. You are a legend. Everyone says the same thing. Great podcast. It, it is actually live live on YouTube's on a, like a Sunday or a Saturday, depending on where you are. But Cron, thank you for your time. Thank you for talking about Carriage and Overlords. Thank you for giving me some ideas on how you're playing. And it's good to hear that it's not a bad a bad thing for you, third edition. It's just a different way of looking at your army. And I'm looking forward to seeing how people translate this into the into the tournament scene and um and really build like like what does it look like? What do those next you know, winning lists look like? But Cron, peace out. For sure. Gotcha. Catch you all. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.